Hey, everyone, I was going to do another podcast, but I took an arrow to the knee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to break the illusion here. Hearing that a second time is like made it even worse. <laughs> oh, yes. Hi, like, everyone. I'm Connor McGraw. Welcome to the Video Game Hour. And yes, that was a terrible joke I opened the show with, and I'm not ashamed of it. That is six years old. I don't care. Hey, hey, guess what? So is Skyrim, and it's still on new consoles. <laughs> Scientists are baffled by the alien computer, Bethesda. I am very excited to announce that Skyrim is coming to the alien computer. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Introduce yourselves, you scrubs. Uh, this is Hunter Davenport, and uh, I love Elder Scrolls lore. Uh, I'm Twitter's the Elamir, and apparently I, st- I steal bits. I. Yep, he steals bits. What? It, what bit did you steal? I stole. He stole uh, Al- Alan's goodbye bit. Arlen. Oh, Arlen's goodbye bit. Oh, you did. <laughs> no, I stole it again yesterday. <clears throat> oh man. <laughs> he got. So, he was not happy. I wouldn't be either. <laughs> oh. That joke was not random. I am playing Skyrim again. Um. And I'll preface this, what I'm about to say, with this. I love Skyrim. I love it to death. But that game came out in 2011. And boy, does it feel like it came out in 2011. Oh, yes. I don't... You know what? And I... I I was, like, kind of, like... Because I've had it. It's been lying around. I was like, I'll get back into it eventually. I just know it's, like, it's... It's that video game drug. You start it, you're not going to stop anytime soon. And then, lo and behold, because, like, there's mods now... Uh, three characters later, here we are. Uh, and I was looking forward to the visual upgrade, and I jump in, I'm like, there isn't one. <laughs> <laughs> it looks the same. <sighs> yeah, you know... You know, I was thinking about a, a Alduin, but then that immediately, for some reason, in my head, moved, went directly to... The Chase the Dragon ga- game from South Park. <laughs> Can't catch me. Can't catch me. Gotta love that show. Um, the game is, like, super charming. It's, like, really fun to play. Um, it is my favorite fantasy sandbox ever. But I jumped in, and I'm just like, this, like... <sighs> Fallout 4 is, like, very indicative of, like, where Bethesda is tech-wise. And Fallout 4 is pretty impressive, despite being a Bethesda game. It comes with all those bugs, yada, 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 and the, the kind of the robot-y expressions everyone has. But I'm playing Skyrim, I'm like, oh, this is so painfully, obviously, six, almost seven years old now, and it feels well, it's like... like... Well, it's like, it's like that game is seven years old, but it still holds up so well, because people love living in that world. Mm-hmm. Like, and with warts and all, man, it's like... You know what came love... out, do you know what came out a month before uh, Skyrim? Dark Souls. Oh shit! Yeah, it came out. It came out. Both came out. In and people are still playing the original Dark Souls, like me. Yeah, or just discovering the original Dark Souls. Yeah. But Dark Souls has that weird kind of clubby mentality too. We're like, yeah, I gotta dive into this and, and crack this code. Whereas I, I really want that one uh, Namco to. Uh... Are the servers not buggy, or are they still fucked up right now? 
On Xbox? Yeah. They're gone. What do you mean they're gone? What? Because... Xbox 360? No, no, I'm talking about backwards compatibility on Xbox One. Wait, what? Yeah, you... it. Every single game that... It, every single backwards compatibility game... It sets you... Or you can't connect to Xbox Live because it's not really... On Xbox 360. So that shouldn't be true because, like, me and George play Dark Souls One together on Xbox One. Every single time I've been playing in offline mode, because it says cannot connect to Xbox Live. And I don't understand that at all. I know I saw a headline that said like, um, the servers have been have been really iffy and they've been working on them. I think that's for the uh, Prepare to Die version on PC. No, I looked up the Xbox One, too. I just wish they'd release the Prepare to Die edition, or the PC fix, or remaster on Uh, Xbox. Wait, the, the, the Prepare to Die edition for Xbox? I said I wish they would really make an Xbox version. I thought they did. Is that not the one I have? No, I just have the standard one. Well, the one I have, the Predator Edition just came with the DLC bundled. It wasn't like Scholar of the First Sim where it was like a remix where they changed the enemy placement and everything. That's as far as I knew anyway. Um, but uh, Skyrim, it's like I'm... I was in combat and like I, I killed, I think, an Imperial... And he fell over, and, like, he tumbled down a flight of stairs, and then, like, his Imperial Curus skirt, or Curas, I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce it, um, becomes rigid, and his legs are passing through it as he tumbles down the stairs. And I'm looking down, and I'm like, <sighs> it looks like he has two fake legs popping out of a separate object. Yeah, he's, uh... Yeah, that game... The game, it, it's okay. I'm the world's biggest Skyrim defender because, like, I love Elder Scrolls. Like, I oh, love, me too. I love that, I love that yeah, world. I, I like, I love Skyrim. I love Bethesda, but even I'm on board with the Todd Howard jokes. Yeah, like <laughs> that game looks it's date. It looks dated. Like, there's no getting around and it. And I feel like, gypped because I thought, I, you know, when I saw like videos promoting its release, the the special edition, I was like, that looks pretty, and I booted up my Xbox One, I'm like, were they just showing PC footage? Because, like, the PC Skyrim has looked great for years because of the modding community. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's always looked like that, like, very easily. Has and then I jump like... into playlists, I'm like, the, a visual upgrade is negligible. Everyone still looks kind of weird, and um, it's still the same four to six voice actors passing around dialogue, sometimes to each other. Um, or, I'm sorry, to themselves. Hey, don't steal my sweet roll. Don't you attack me. It's like they got uh, the the, the original Resident Evil cast back together. Yeah. (laughs) I think I did have a situation where it's two dark elves in one city were talking to each other, and they had the exact same voice actress. It's it's still fun as fuck. I still love the game. But I jumped in, I was like, I was was expecting a lot more than this. Because I got the Arkham upgrades. And the Arkham games, with their HD upgrades, look wonderful. 
Uh, I'm amazed at what they did with Arkham Asylum. Although they did give Batman this very funky-looking, uh, like, sourpuss face that I don't remember being present in the original game. He has a very pronounced frown going on. Yeah, he's... It's very... He has this pout happening. Yeah, the Joker looks awesome. All the, like, the, the uh, what's it called? The Solomon Grundy fight was awesome on all HD glory. Uh... Batman's suit, like, the damage on it is more defined. Uh, the environments look pretty. Uh, everything else looks pretty. And then I jump into Skyrim, a game that's, like, defined by its beauty. And I was just unimpressed. Yeah, it's like... And even and then I got some mods for it. I got some, like, uh, some texture mods that are available on the Xbox. And even then, I was like, I don't see a difference. It's, it's, actually, it's, pretty, it's funny you said this. I have... Um, do you have the PC version of Skyrim? A long time ago, yes. Because they did the same thing they did with the uh, Bioshock remasters. Where if you own Bioshock 1 and 2, you would get the re- the remaster for free. Oh, I mean, when I say I had Skyrim, I had like a disc lying around, but it's not backed up anywhere. It's long gone. Okay, because... I've been playing, alright, a while ago I was playing Skyrim on PC and I went through the, uh, <coughs> the, but that the but official Bethesda mod ser- uh, service. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we have for the Xbox. That's all you get to do. You get to do a Bethe- uh, Bethesda net. Yeah, Bethesda net. Yeah. And... It's sort of more on the PC where you can see the, uh... I, that's what I figured. Because the game was always going to be up on the PC no matter what. Like, any version yeah. of it. I'm just curious, is if this, if... Skyrim has been released on how many consoles now? Uh, Xbox uh... 360, PC, PS3, PS4, Xbox One, PC again, Switch... Switch. Um, I'm wondering if it has as many releases as Resident Evil 4. No, Resident Evil RE4 has more. I don't think anything has more releases than Resident Evil 4. <laughs> because it's the best game ever. It's That's contestable. That's very I mean, contestable. I love Resident Evil 4. Like, I am, however, extremely resentful of Resident Evil 4. Because I've said it before, I'll say it again. Capcom learned all the wrong things from Resident Evil Four and decided that Resident Evil, from this point on, had to be an action game. Yeah, like Resident Evil Four is responsible for a lot of the shitty things that. <laughs> has what was gone it through. around the time of RE Four came out? It was the Capcom Five. Yeah, or the Capcom Five. They were all they were all um exclusive to the GameCube. The GameCube, yes. And only three of them came out? I've never heard of this. What is the Capcom 5? The Capcom 5 is five GameCube games that came out in... I don't remember the year. 05. Yeah, 04, 05, 06, around around that time. Uh, Wait, 02 to 03. Well, it's like... Resident Evil 4, Killer 7... Um, blah, 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 blah. Beautiful Joe. 
Okay, yeah, PNO3, Beautiful Joe, Dead Phoenix, Resident Evil 4, Killer 7. I've only played one of those games. Never played Beautiful Joe. I don't even know what PNO3 is. Um, uh, project number three is an action okay. game. Never pl- I've never even heard of Dead Phoenix. Um, and never touched Killer 7. I've never... Okay, I'm going to... I'm going to rub a lot of feathers the wrong way here. I have never played a Studio 51 game. You've never... Well, I can understand that. It's not because, like, I looked at it and went, not for me. I just... it's They've avoided me. Or I've avoided them. Whatever. It's And not because of any kind of choice. It's just like they've just gotten away from me. Yeah, it's like... How should I put this? They look uh, it's, fascinating, though. It, it, they're not for everyone. Well, I mean, the two games we talked about in principle here aren't for everybody, Dark Souls and Skyrim, especially people who don't have patience. Yeah. In in Dark Souls, because the, the challenge, and in Skyrim, because of the size and the scale. Speaking of uh, not like, having any patience, I got... It was, it was, I got... I rented back when Blockbuster still existed. <laughs> uh, this ought to be good. I rented <laughs> RE5, RE4 for the GameCube, and the family and Family Guy for the Xbox. Oh God, why? Why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> why would you? Because this? I was, I think, not nine. He's like, I was, I think, trying to kill myself. No, I, I had no, I had no standards. I don't think I. Really? I, I, I'm pretty sure I still don't have any standards. <laughs> what a... I mean, I what a, what a bold admission. <laughs> I literally bought a game where you come back to life I'm, via playing I'm, poker. I'm dumb as fuck. <laughs> I like that we've officially we've basically memed Ryback. <laughs> well, he kind of memed himself, I suppose. Uh, we're just running with the torch. But I got to. Uh, I did everything. I got to the part with uh, the reimagination of the Albanoid. A.K.A. one of the best parts of the game. Wait, I'm sorry, was this Family Guy or... Uh, RE4. Okay. I was like, I don't remember this in Family Guy. It's also been a long time since I played Resident Evil 4. It's the uh, harpoon. There's a lot of shit I remember. The harpoon fight. Oh, the... F- and at... I hate that fight. The thing is, I, uh, after I lost... I, I tried it about three, three or four times, died every single time, got madder every single time, to the point where I, stopped, I, put, I took it out of my GameCube, put it back in the case, returned it the next day, while I... Well, I let the late fees run up on um, Family Guy. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. And it took the... Uh, the then, at the time, HD remasters... Back in... I think 2012, 2013? No, 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 Oh, what you mean the release? Okay, you didn't beat that boss until the re-release. Yeah, I went. I re- went through it on Xbox. I got offered by my at the time editor in chief. I got offered a chance to uh, 
review it for PS3. Said no to that because he kept pushing games on me to review that I didn't want to review except for Fallout uh, New Vegas Lonesome Road. Which I think I cost Bethesda some sales or some money with that review. <laughs> Jesus, Alan. One guy literally commented, "I that is this is a good review. I don't think I'm going to buy it. I don't remember Lonesome Road too often. Uh, too much. That's the one where you... um. It's you and Edie. I like that DLC. Uh, well, I was comparing it to the, to the last one that came out, which was Old World Blues. Uh, I think they're two totally different cups of tea, because Old World Blues is like... That's the one with the fucking scientists and the brains, right? Yeah. No, it, that's with the, like... With the, the, with the brains... The, the Cybermen. Yeah, the, the scientists robot, the scientists' brains who were basically in robots, correct? Who kept calling your fingers penises. Yes. Um... That's like it's like a throwback to like nineteen fifties hokey sci fi. Which is stuff. what Fallout is. That's the core of Fallout. No, not all of it though. Like Fallout has some really dark shit. Like it's not all funny and, and, and hokey. Well it's, like, it's of, that it's that on the um it's not that on the surface, but like it has It has some it, it has you have to find you have to look for it to find some of the dark Yeah, no not really. It's 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 up front. It's it's it wears both things on its sleeve. Like, Fallout is not just one thing. It is very many things. Um, like, Fallout 3, like, you don't have to look very hard to find the fact that there's fucking slavery in that game. Nope. They outright um, tell you at yeah, points. And you don't have to look very far to become an, an outright murderer. Um, or and... to uncover murderer. Or to, to find cannibals. Uh, and I think Lonesome Road is... A... I kind of... I kind of... I've... I've softened up to Lonesome Road over the years. Not not gameplay. Like, I haven't gone back and played it. Because I only prefer to... I prefer to play New Vegas on my PC, but I can't because of Windows 10. But that's a story for another podcast. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but... I agree. Fun, a fun fact for Phantom Zone. Ulysses was voiced by... Uh, um, Detective, uh, what's what's uh, Paul Blackthorne's character on Arrow? Oh, fuck, fuck it, uh, mm, Lance, Detective. Uh, no, now he's uh, he's in a, he's working, he's work, he's in, he's political now. He's gonna be Detective Lance until the day the show was canceled. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's Papa Lance. I can't remember his first name. Well, his at in the first two seasons, his partner or his boss, Roger Cross. Mm-hmm. That's the actor's name, not the character's name, because I he was a bit more of a bit player in that on Arrow. He he voiced Ulysses, and it through um. The, the three or the two DLCs at the time. I like Lonesome Road because now I could not. I might misremember, but basically, that's basically where you just advance through this big destroyed yeah. landscape while some guy basically communicates communicates with you about how you did all these messed up things. Yeah, and it's got bunch. Of, it's got death claws. It's got yeah. Uh, it's got. I like the fact that like it kind of adds this weird wrinkle to your character where because like it's 
you know, you, you were a character who was shot in the head, so your memory might be a little fuzzy. Um, and you have this guy, like, who you don't know, and this is a really interesting layer of mystery, who's like, who, who's so angry at you that he's just, he's willing to let you go through this gauntlet of, of nightmarish things and just taunt you the whole time. And the thing is, he, originally, Ulysses, voiced by Roger Cross, was going to be a companion. And, but they just, but, they decided at the last minute not to include him in the game because his, the way his character is, it wouldn't have worked well with other other characters. I.e., he doesn't play well with others. Well, um, I don't know. Whatever. I it's I I barely remember the companions in Fallout New Vegas. I don't like traveling in those games with companions. It's the same thing in Skyrim. Except like, what about Boone? Huh? The bra- red beret sniper. No, I don't like companions in Skyrim. They get in my fucking way. No, I'm talking about New Vegas. I don't like I don't like companions in any Bethesda game. I don't want them. They they frequently get in my way. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa, whoa! You don't like dog meat. Dog meat's different. Dog meat's a dog. Dog meat doesn't. Dog meat doesn't obstruct my aim. There's a dog meat analog in uh, New Vegas, Rex. Okay. But he's a cyber these dog. These, these aren't people. I'd much rather hang out with a robot dog and a dog in, in both the real world and in video games than with a human being. But I, I, I can't stand companions in Bethesda games because they, they don't they, their AI is always rock fucking stupid. Dog meat, I'm like, you're a dog. You do two things. You dig holes, you eat food, and you maul people. That's your that's your three primary objectives. And, like, I'm playing with, like, I don't know, maybe Boone in New Vegas. And I'm, like, lining up a shot, and I'm, like, maybe I'm not using vats for some reason. And, and I go Boone to fire. Takes it? And it? No, no, he doesn't. Oh, yeah, he takes it right in the back of the head. Oh, because he walks right. Because he, he fucking walks, right, walks his... right in my aim. <laughs> Sheba in Resident Evil 5 did the same bullshit. I would, like, go to, like, fucking shoot something, and then, like, she just jumps in front of my line of sight. I'm like, great, I can't see anything. She's jumping in the way. She's using my ammunition. They, like, what was it? Uh, I just, like, in Skyrim, I just did the, th- the Thane thing in fucking, uh, in Whiterun. Got like, ah, you are You are the Thane of Whiterun. Here is the, here is the, 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 the house, Carl. Lydia. Um, yeah, I got Lydia, and she one... She died. Not yet, because she got into one close call, and I was, go- I was like, go back to the house! Um, Wait, did you get? Did you do the essentials mod? Uh, what is that? It makes it so that none of your care, none of your any any possible companions can die. No, I want. See, I hate that. That shatters the immersion for me. I don't want. I hate essential tags. Um, it, in Morrowind, it at least told you like, hey, you just killed someone who's vital to the game's quest. You can't finish it. Yeah. Like, let that be on me. And I hate the idea of essential characters who cannot be killed because, I like. For instance, I go into an Imperial camp as a Stormcloak. This has happened to me yesterday or the day before. I go into Imperial camp as a, sto- as a Storm... I'm in the Stormcloak side. I'm like, yes, this is a civil war. I'm going to go murder all these Imperial officers and walk away and leave this camp deserted. And then oh, only half of them can't do that killed. because the fucking... This named asshole who I'll never run into again in the entire game is, is, is invincible from death because he's marked as essential and everything I hit him with just makes him stagger and crawl away. I get hit with a that? literal... I could hit him with a literal meteor, and he would just go, ah! Are you talking about so cool. uh, the guy from, uh, what's his name from Battlestar? General Tullius? 
No, no, no. There's there's dozens of marked essential like generals, and they're I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking about imperial camps that are out in the wilderness. Like you shouldn't have essential characters marked out in the middle of nowhere. That it it it's a it's an immersion breaking moment. Because again, I'll go and slaughter all these imperial goons with just like one shot, one shot, one shot, one shot. Go up to him and just start waylaying hit on him with a fucking dwarven warhammer, and all he does is cry in pain and limp away. I'm like, great. The only way for me to end this fight is to get on a horse and ride away as far as possible so you don't have to aggro me anymore. Here's the thing about when comparing it to New Vegas. They have essentials. Only your companions are essential. I don't want that. <laughs> no, I'm saying you like you can literally, if you have a... Before the game's over, you can, you can go right and go and kill uh, Caesar. Yeah, okay, that's different. Caesar's supposed to die. Like, no, no, I mean, even if, like, I was, if you mod yourself pretty, like, high level in New Vegas, remember the, uh, the crucified, ta- the town where a, pe- a yeah. whole bunch of people were crucified? You can just shoot, ha- the, if you have a mini-nuke equipped, you can take out that entire group. I mean, I believe that. I did, because I did that. Yeah, I think I took out a bunch of them with a sniper rifle from a long time away, from a far away. I'm saying, I don't like, essentially, especially companions being marked as essential, because they, I, I don't like the idea of immortality in a game for anybody. In a game that's, like, supposed to be kind of this, you know, big, giant, living, breathing world. You know, I, one of my favorite things about having, um, I think it was, I think it was Oblivion, actually. I was playing as Oblivion, and I had, um... I think Brutus? Brutus? The fucking Blades companion? Oh, uh, fuck, what is his name? I can't remember his name. But, like, me and him were going on a tear through Oblivion. We were just, like, dungeon after dungeon after dungeon after dungeon after dungeon after Oblivion Gate after Oblivion Gate. So, like, I've developed this rapport with this character who's been following me around and watching my back. We go into a dungeon, he steps in a trap, logs the face, killed instantly. (laughs) <laughs> it's a, and like I had a, like, and I had like a legit emotional reaction. I was fucking furious. But then I, I went down. I was like, "That's really cool that this kind of thing can happen." It's like XCOM, where you put all this time and all this time and all this time and all this energy into these characters, and they can be bumped off in a matter of minutes. And, and then XCOM, li- XCOM two goes even more into that, where you can customize the characters a little bit more, oh, so you actually get yeah. it. You get more connections to them, or you oh. could just do what I did and be basically be the the first order and give them like numbers. Oh my god, Alan! You... <laughs> That's what I did. You fucking monster! <laughs> because I knew they were gonna die. Because I'm not good at that. At those at real time strategy then you, games. Then you you play it on easy, and then you do, like do what I did the first time I played XCOM. I played it on easy, and then like I no. I got these people like I, I I took some soldiers from the beginning to the whole game. No, no, I did go to next and the original X or not the original XCOM. XCOM, the XCOM that came out on Xbox 360. I'm talking about XCOM yeah. 2. I haven't touched XCOM 2 yet. I don't know. Uh, yeah, there's a big... There's that, and... It's, like... There's a big problem with XCOM 2 that they haven't fixed, even when they put ported it to consoles. And that is, every single mission is a timed mission. Oh. Ew. So, you, let's say you... You that s- is a massive turnoff. I'm and still going to play it, but that's a huge It's really issue. good, though. It's still really I'm good. I'm sure it's awesome. 
with someone like me who like there are mods on the PC to get rid of that. Uh-huh. That's the only reason I haven't picked it up on PS4 or Xbox One. Granted, but this- I guess it's kind of a cool feature because, like, one edge layer of stress that's probably very interesting, and two, I mean, I don't like to spend too much time in the missions anyway because the longer it goes, the more chance you have of getting utterly destroyed. Yeah, unless you're in the driver's seat the whole time. Speaking but of- like back to back to my original point, like with people being marked as essential in Skyrim and any Fallout game, like, I don't have that ability to, like, feel that kind of emotional outburst, and I don't like it. It's a weird gripe, but it's, 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 there's a good reason for it. One less thing, thing like XCOM, not XCOM mm. 2, uh, 2013 XCOM. Who was the voice of the, uh, your, your boss? Because that, that is a damn good voice actor. It sounded like what's his face? Um, the guy from Angels uh, of Shield who passed away. No, it sounded like uh, you're talking about XCOM, the, the reboot XCOM, right? Yeah. It sounded like uh, who voices Wolverine and Hal Jordan in Justice Two? Oh, Steve Bloom. It sounded like Steve Bloom. Actually, I wonder if it is. <laughs> it might be. It actually might Hunter, be. Let's talk about some stuff. While, let's vamp while Connor looks it up. So. Um, oh, <sighs> shit. Uh, I really feel like, going back to Skyrim, that the uh, Elder Scrolls lore kind of, like, peaked in Skyrim, because it's like, and I know people are going to jump down my throat about saying this, because, oh, Warwind is amazing, and it is amazing, but mm-hmm. that's not, what I'm saying is, the civil war that happens in in, in Skyrim is actually super interesting and like a really neat turnaround of a, a trope of the evil empire against the against the rebellion in that uh Ulfric Stormcloak isn't a good person. Ulfric like, Stormcloak is kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, he's not he he just he's a racist piece of shit who like he wants who, Skyrim to be full of nords and no one else. Yeah, and he Oh my god, he's hates, Donald Trump. Uh you know what? He kind of is in a lot oh, of ways. Oh man, I'm never going to be the Stormcloak again. <laughs> yes, and I ha- and I hate the Imperials because I. Oh my I, god, I, think I know what I can very, do. I know what I'm I think there's do. something very hoity-toity about the Imperials. I don't like. Well, it, they're they're basically conquerors. Like they're yeah. they're they're highborn people. Like yeah, I think I know what I'm going to do. What I may may do for the episode art or the. The featured image for this episode. Oh God! Oh no! We're gonna get we're gonna get trashed. Get in trouble. Photoshop. Um, all for some folks had under Trump's body, but keep his hands tiny. Actually, I would like just uh, like one of those. Um, this is the last thing Pluto I'm gonna say. One of those stupid ass pictures of Trump making one of his stupid ass faces uh, on Ulfric Stormcloak's body while he's sitting on the throne doing that like that that hey girl pose. The fucking, <laughs> with the fucking, okay, the, fucking du- the, the duck face. <laughs> send me the send me the the information for those pictures because I'm gonna need them. We are gonna get raked the over fucking, the coals. It's the 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 hey girl yarl pose they do in Skyrim, where they like they sit down like one arm's like kind of draped over the 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 armchair and the other one's like 
up in the air, kind of like with his fingers relaxed, like he's kind of like, "Hey, hey, what's up? I'm Yarl." Which, is, which I, th- I still think is a funny fucking word. He's so Yarl. Yarl's a great word. Ah, like, yes, I am the Yarl. They're like oh, they're they're fantasy fact, Vikings. I find a connection between Dark Souls three and uh, Skyrim. There's oh a there are two there is a gun deer in both games. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it's probably a very common name. They pulled a lot of stuff uh, from European uh, culture for um, uh, Dark Souls. Yeah, Dark Souls. Dark Souls also has characters that look like Skyrim characters. Yes, they. You haven't even seen the Millwood Knights yet. Oh have no, you? no, Millwood I haven't. Knights, Millwood Knights are me and George just call them Skyrim. Like I'm like, ah, we got a Skyrim over there. Like they look. They, like the uh, the ones in the No Man's Wharf, like they look like oh, they look those like are, bandits. Dude, those are nothing. When you get to uh, the Ashes of Ariandel DLC in Dark Souls Three, you enter a painting which is all snow covered, and there are these enemies called the Millwood Knights who walk around with big fucking hammers and axes, with big horned helmets and and fur covered armor. Jeez. Oh yeah. Oh god. Whoa. Yep. Ugh. That is yeah. pretty on the nose. Yeah. Uh, they're scary as fuck, though. Because they shoot... Uh, there's a few of them that are high up in some towers, and they will blast what is essentially a tech arrow from Turok down at you, except it's the magic version of it. <laughs> it's this big old cross... It's a, it's, a, it's a great bow that fires Millwood great arrows that detonate on contact. Holy shit. <laughs> Uh, George has been using these against the dragon bosses in these games. Uh, well, in Dark Souls 3. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah, he's like, well, he, the boss of Ash of Ariandel, one of them, uh, Sister Freed, she is an absolute nightmare to fight. Uh, she has, she has three phases. Um, she can go invisible, and she has two scythes, which do frostbite damage and regular damage. Um, and George figured out, he's like, fuck this. He's like, go and engage her. I was like, what do you do? He's like, I'm gonna make this real easy. And I go in and start engaging her. I'm kind of like playing, you know, tag. And then I hear, boom! And then she gets hit with a fucking millwood arrow right in the chest. She <laughs> sails 15 feet backwards, takes monstrous damage, gets back up. And then every time she goes invisible, we know where she is because it's a giant arrow sticking out of her chest. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> there was a dragon boss in the uh, other DLC for Dark Souls 3, the Ring City. And we, it was, he was, it's Medir, and he's an absolute chode, I hate him. Uh, he's the only boss in Dark Souls 3 I have yet to beat, because he's such a fucking asshole. Um, and he, before you fight him as a, like a, a, like a one-on-one, or like a conventional boss fight, he shows up and hangs out in a bridge, and just breathes fire all over it. And me and George are like, getting in close and trying to hit him and everything, he keeps just killing us. And George is like, wait a minute, hang on, and just pulls out the Millwood Great Bow. And just spams great arrows at him for like two minutes and kills him. <laughs> You're talking about the. Is this another throwback to Dark Souls One? Because I know because exa- I'm getting some deja vu. Um, I gotta tell you something about Dark Souls Three. Dark Souls Three borrows from every game in the series, including Demon Souls. Yeah, because it's like the end of their world. Like... Yeah, there's several things in Dark Souls Three that directly reference. Um, the Artorius of the Abyss fight from the DLC for the first game. 
No, no, I'm talking about in um, after the Taurus demon when you get on that uh, road. Yeah. Oh no, this is different. That's a that's a first of all, that's a Drake. That's not a dragon. That's a Drake. Drakes are tiny. Dragons are huge, scary, horrifying monsters in Dark Souls. Yeah. Nightmares. Except they when are, you're in Dark Souls Three, there's like a skeleton monstrous. right there. Um. Well, again, those are the, the 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 tiers of dragons in Dark Souls are weird because you have like you have drakes. And I think like the drakes are what you see. Uh, kind of. I think they're called undead dragons. I think it's what it is. Um, and they're not like they're not ancient dragons. Uh, ancient dragons are massive and intelligent. And I think. Uh, the dragon in the Dark Souls 3 DLC, Medir, is an ancient dragon who has been corrupted by the Abyss. Wow. And, yeah, he's a meme. He doesn't breathe fire, he breathes Abyss at you. <laughs> uh, and uh, his. He, well, he, well, okay, no, he does have a fire attack, but then, like, he has a uh, massive, like, stage-wide attack that is essentially the Kamehameha that he fires from his mouth. He goes full Godzilla on you. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. That sounds right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. But he's also a damage sponge, and everything we've thrown in him just doesn't work, uh, except for one spell called Pestilent Mercury, which is a miracle you can cast, which um, whoever, whoever steps into it just takes damage over time for about a minute. I'm... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's really handy. We were using it against the final boss of, of the Dark Souls 3 DLC, Gale. Um, and it wasn't working out because Gale's too fucking fast, but if you use it on a slow boss, uh, it's absolutely devastating. Uh, okay, yeah. So, like, like, the curse, like, Curse Rotten Greatwood in the beginning of Dark Souls 3, I think it's, like, the second real boss after Gundyr. Um, he's optional, but he's a big... Wait, have any of you gotten to him yet? Nope. I'm the still... Greatwood? Oh, I I saw him. He's the guy with the uh, balls, right? Yes. Yeah, several of them. Um, he has several balls. He has what could be, like... He's a big tree with arms and legs that it's attacks a, um, you. And he... his only vulnerable spots are these little, like, sacks. <laughs> and oh, then a okay. hand comes through it, right? Yeah, and then a hand... And then a hand pops out of the front set and starts Man, swinging at you. Is Miyazaki like on LSD or something? <laughs> <laughs> he might as well be. I mean, look at Bloodborne. Yeah, look at Bloodborne. <laughs> look at it. Look at everything in Bloodborne. And ask yeah. yourself that question. I don't think he's on LSD. I think his imagination is just completely unrestricted. Yeah, he's got a lot of interesting ideas too. Like. Like, like, you were telling me something about, like, what he, he thinks nature is chaos, so it's like... he invi- his, his vision of chaos is, um, like, overgrown plantation, and uh, overgrown vegetation. Yeah, it's like, he's, he's just, he's got this real, like, Werner Herzog thing going on, where he's like... He has very specific views on certain thematic, uh, things. Yeah, yeah. I was watching a, uh, I was watching this, uh, Super Best Friends play Dark Souls 3, and... It was, it got up to the part where, uh, the introduction of Seagward. Yeah. And there's that, uh, Pat called it an, a, um, a Balrog. Mm-hmm. 
and isn't it like there are tree features on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's made wood. Yeah, and and it, and he said that Miyazaki said that mo- all of the monsters in the Dark Souls universe or world come are made from wood. Well, here's the thing: it's not the monsters, only demons. Yeah, in Dark Souls. And I want to save a lot of this for when we eventually start doing Dark Souls heavy episodes again. Um, all the demons are from the Bed of Chaos, who is basically taking the form of a big, giant, overgrown collection of roots. And all of the demons are basically like, once, they're, once their fire burns out, like the Chaos Fire, they look like petrified wood. Hmm. So they're, they're gray... Um, kind of lifeless, uh, old-looking, like, statues that are, car- like, like wood carvings, basically. And there's an optional boss called, uh, the last, I think it's called the Last Demon King or something like that, or the Last Demon. Yeah. And, um, you fight him, you fight him, you fight him, and his, you don't actually beat this boss conventionally, you, you have an option. You can just beat him until he dies, or you wait, and his final, th- his, one of his big attacks at the end will be a big AoE when he's down to a certain percentage of health. However, once he does this, he collapses, and all the fire in his body goes out. And he's just laying there, and he's, like, twitching, and he can't get up, and he stops attacking you, period. And, the fu- and, you, have, and you have to go up there and basically mercy kill him. That is Damn. Bad. Yeah, it's really awesome. However, if you get caught with that AoE, you are fucked with a capital F. Um, but you can, you can approach him, and he'll swing at you, but he, he's not going to hit you unless you get real close, but, like... He like he 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 obviously can't get up, and they he does that a couple times in several different uh, bosses throughout the games. Um, uh, Sif, from Dark Souls One, the big dog that everyone knows about, the big dog with a fucking sword in its mouth. Um, as you as you get as you grind Sif's uh, health down, uh, she starts to limp around the the arena, and then you start to feel really bad. Yeah, that's fine. Aww. When I get to, I'm, when I get Sif, I'm still I'm done. Actually, you can, if you do the DLC, uh, since the DLC involves time travel, when you go to fight Sif again, when you're going to fight Sif, you know, for the first time in the game, after if you do the DLC first, Sif doesn't recognize you as an enemy, and actually approaches you, sniffs you, backs up, and gives you a dueling bow, and then you start the fight. Huh. So Sif recognizes you as a friend, but someone she may have to fight anyway. Because you did, you basically you you save Artorius from the abyss in the DLC. Because abyss, Artorius is the fallen knight who gets who gets corrupted by the abyss, and um, you go and put him out of his misery, and Sif is thankful. Like, the, is that Artorius the the abyss walker? Yes. Artorius is the Anakin Skywalker of the Dark Souls universe. But not. Um. Fuck, where was I going to go with this? Like, I feel like fantasy and video games, like, a lot of it is derivative of something. Like, I feel like Skyrim is very derivative of, like, maybe a little bit of Lord of the Rings and some other stuff. Like, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Like, I feel like Dark Souls is something that's, in of itself, very unique. That's because Dark Souls can- pulls some of these weird influences. Um, and... Like the the contemporary fantasy, I think like setting that we all know is especially when it comes to like Japanese fantasy. 
Dark Souls is nothing like Japanese fantasy. Japanese oh, no, fantasy no, no, no. games are are very I don't want to use the word anime centric, but they are. Um at least anime inspired. And Dark Souls pulls from like European mythology. And Gwyn is very much like Zeus. Gwyn has all these demigod children that no one knew about, and he just fucking spreads them all over the goddamn planet um, and gives them all these weird demigod tasks, and he uses them as, like, fail-safes. He's kind of... He's a big piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, he is. He very... He kind of is. Like... Yeah, and, like, it's his, his... The way he's drawn is similar to Zeus. Like, his... Him using lightning um, is similar to Zeus. Uh... You know, it's the the entire idea of like a city of gods is very reminiscent of like Mount Olympus. Um, I mean, there's something in the beginning of the DLC for Dark Souls One that looks like a griffin, except he added just a few more animals. Yep. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Uh, the uh, the entire Dark Souls Three Ring City DLC is based on uh, an anime from or uh, from that. I think it's called The Angel and the Egg. And, like, the entire DLC is centered around you getting to this egg. And, or, or you getting to this princess who is sleeping with an egg. And, like, the whole concept of this anime is, like, this, I think this little girl has an egg. And, like, she's convinced that, like, something divine is going to hatch out of it. And, like, this but is, like, war is following her. it turns out to be the gobbledygooker. <laughs> well, I did not see that coming. I had it ready. Um... And so she's like, no, something will hatch in this egg, and it will be wonderful, and it will be divine. And this warrior's flying around going like, yeah, but what if it isn't? And that kind of, that like, the devil's advocate is what's basically in Dark Souls 3. It's like, there's nothing divine coming out of this egg. In fact, this egg is was probably holding pieces of the abyss or something like that or whatever. Um, and if you wake this girl from her slumber, you basically kickstart the apocalypse. Yeah, it's like... Like I, he also really likes unhappy endings. <laughs> like it's like, not like he, he likes unhappy endings because I, I would guess the, the ending of Dark Souls three, the final, the final ending, is probably as happy as a series can get because the like the, the series of Dark Souls story wise is doomed from the beginning because basically Gwyn sets some shit in motion that was never supposed to be in motion to begin with, but also before him like. It, you have a world of gray, and then all of a sudden, bam, fire. It's like the equivalent of Big Bang. It's randomness. It's it's, it's chaos, um, which then creates disparity and all kinds of stuff like that. And like the the natural way of the world was gray, no life, no death, no time, nothing. Just the ancient dragons. They didn't live. They didn't die. They just were. Um, you know, everything just was. It wasn't anything else. It just was. It just it just existed. Um, and then with this fire came. Gwyn, and then Gwyn's like, fuck, I'm a god? I, I want to stay a god forever. Let's just keep this going. Yeah, he, he's, he's really into it. He perpetuates a cycle of unnatural uh, unnatural progression that shouldn't have been in the first place, and then by the end of Dark Souls 3, the world's like, I've had enough. Like, either fix the shit or I'm bucking you off of me. And then yeah. the ending of, remember how I said that there's the painting that they enter in the DLC of Dark Souls 3? The solution to the world dying is to create another painting that everyone can go live in. <laughs> so it's Day of the Doctor. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, they it's preserve, like... they preserve Gallifrey in a painting, correct? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that. Except it's not really preserving. It's basically a, it's a it's a migration, is what it is. But like 
there's barely anyone left in the world of Dark Souls three by the end time this happens. So like, you, you have all the, it's like the the few survivors of this fucking plagued disease world are going to migrate over to like a painting that like I think is is the painter is describing she's like because of how fire was basically like the herald of destruction in the world of Dark Souls. The painter is like I'm going to paint a world that will be cold and dark. And it will be a happy place for everyone. Yeah. Because heat and light, like wind represented light, and, you know, fire represents heat. Both of those things heralded, like, basically brought upon the end of times. So what do you do? You go in the opposite direction. And I would love to see the series explore that and, like, what happens there. And they kind of do in the DLC for Ashes of Arendelle because in the painted world, you have, uh, you don't have fire, you have rot. And rot basically is kind of the the painting parallel of fire. Like rot spreads and it and it diseases everything and it corrupts everything and it makes what something that was once pure really nasty. So it seems like no matter where anyone in the Dark Souls universe goes, there's gonna be there's gonna be misery because none of this was supposed to happen in the first place. So he it's not that he doesn't he, he doesn't he doesn't write unhappy endings. Um, I think he writes about. Uh, uh, very bleak settings that have uh, pragmatic outcomes. Yeah, no, you're right. He's 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 like he's very into like tragic kind of like. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not so much, not so much depressing. It's like he's into very Shakespearean characters. Like man, I cannot, um, I cannot wait until we do our our metro episode. Uh, oh fuck! Metro Metro is a depressing. Yeah, because, I Metro know. is probably Metro is like one of the most. Metro has less hope than the Fallout world because the Fallout world is like at least like you're like oh there's improvement and like everything in Metro seems to be just getting worse. Yeah, yeah, no, it's like Metro is like perpetually becoming awful, and it's like it, the only only someone from Russia can make something that bleak. Yeah, and that's <laughs> like, I would compare. I would compare like the the way Miyazaki writes Dark Souls to like the way Max Payne's journey began and ended where like the happiest ending you could give Max Payne is him with a sack of cash um, hearing that it's going to be sunny where he is and cloudy everywhere else and he walks away in the sunset and just kind of like you know gives himself a slight smile and that's it Yeah, that's it that's the best you can do for Max Payne because his life is fucking misery and like he's, he's had nothing but loss and death and drugs and booze and people trying to kill him and him killing more people than anyone who's ever lived ever yeah uh i was watching <laughs> i was watching the two best friends play max Payne three and it was there it was at the uh the flashbacks of what happened in uh jersey i love that whole sequence and pat is like or a matter of pat say that Like he's picking this guy's picking a fight with the guy who, who a couple oh, a yeah, few oh, years yeah, ago this, this piece of shit little Jersey like this Jersey wannabe gangster is picking a fight with the man who killed more mobsters than anyone in history. Yeah, like like over, he took down over he took like down two like days. three crime. Yeah, like he took down like three crime families in like twelve hours in the first game. <laughs> no, I, I and I love the character of Max Payne because. And I love the way he reacts to that situation because it he doesn't give a shit that this guy's trying to pick a fight with him and points a gun in his face. 
like Max is basically probably like inside his like like fucking pull the fucking trigger. I dare you. Yeah, like um, it can't get any worse. Yeah, like, <laughs> like like I like oh just do me the do the fucking favor of killing me. Yeah, um, like but that he doesn't react until this dude like backhands a woman and Max just doesn't hesitate and shoots this kid right in the chest. That is a Jonah Hex moment. It's well, I think it's and he even says it. He's like I don't know what it is. He's like I just don't think I like seeing women get hit. Yeah, that's a great line. <laughs> that's I just, it. Like, I'm like I'm like <laughs> who's gonna argue with you? Yeah, okay, fair I'm enough. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, killing him is a little extreme, but like, shit, like, if that's the way you live your life, like, first of all, again, you have to look at the character, it's Max Payne, like, killing is very easy for him, and like, this woman was being, was, you know, walked up to this fucking Jersey wannabe thug, or wannabe gangster, and she was giving him shit, she's like, fuck, take your fucking tiny dick out of here, like, put your, put your gun somewhere else. I think he had her backhands her, or pistol whips her. Um, and then Max just like, it, it's not even, it's, I would say it's instinctive, but it's not even... You can't even call it instinctive. It's like... It's a... It's... His arm immediately slings out with a gun and just kills this dude. Yeah, But then like, the entire sequence afterwards, too, is like... The, the His dad shows up and he's like, Ah, Max, you killed my boy! I'm like, yeah, yeah, but... Uh, he kind of had it coming. Then you're next. <laughs> I do love the the progression of Max Payne three too. Is like he has to go save this woman. He has to go save this woman, and then every person he attempts to rescue in that game dies. Every single one. And then by the end of it, he's just like, you know what? I'm good at killing, and these people paid for a killer. I'm gonna give them exactly what they paid for. And he's like, I'm not gonna do this hero shit anymore. He's like, you know, he's like, they paid for a a, a psychotic guy who likes to shoot people, and that's exactly what I'm gonna be. Which endings did you guys choose for that game? Uh, I don't even remember what I... You can choose the ending of Max Payne 3? You can either kill, uh, the, uh, your boss. Well, no, your boss dies. Your boss is killed when the building is sieged. No, 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 the guy who... The brother of the guy, of your boss. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You can, you can, well, either... you can, you can, well, you blow him up like a rocket launcher. Well, you shoot the rocket and he gets blown up. I think you can choose to, to mercy kill him or leave him alone, can't you? Yeah, and I, I left him alone. I let him go to prison, and it cuts uh, Max on the beach, and he's and they say so and so has committed suicide in prison. Yeah, I, I my favorite part is when like because after you kill a dude is like uh, after you deal with the dude he's been like blown up and he's like blown to shit and everything he's just crawling away. You chase down I th- you, yeah you chase down the brother and I think no that's all right you get the option to kill shoot the other guy. I think the the game tell like. You go to shoot him, and like the guy, the the person you're working with is like, "Don't do it, Max." Like he'll go to jail. Um, and the guy, the the guy's brother is like, he's like, "I'll go to jail." He's like, "I'll walk." And my favorite line in the game is Max is like, "Yeah, you'll walk." Walk over to his knee and just crushes it with his foot and goes, "You'll walk with a limp," and just walks away. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. I rebought uh, Max Payne two and three on oh, Xbox Xbox three hundred and sixty. Love Max Payne so much, and I wish that Max Payne Three would be backwards compatible. But is it? No, it's not. Fuck. Also, it has Damn a great um, set of music. It has great music, music t- like timing, this, music wise. Oh, the soundtrack for Max Payne Three is one of the best soundtracks for a like, video game I think in the past few years. When Tears starts playing. Holy shit! No, dude, I lost my mind when Tears picks up in the airport because yeah. I thought it was I thought it was gonna play itself out. And then, like, I'd have silence. And the way it, it's structured is that it the song doesn't progress as far as notes and, like, where it is in the song until you do. Yeah. So, like, it'll play certain parts of the song 
un- uh, once you've gotten to a certain point in the level. So, like, if you're just standing there at the beginning of the level and you're not really doing much, it's just going to play those opening notes over and over and over and over again. And that song has a fucking awesome beat. <laughs> every, every time I hear tears, I'm like, I want to go just jump through a window with two guns, just like, bah, 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 and just, like, break glass and just do... <laughs> And then have to be taken to the hospital immediately because I am uh, not a gunman. Not not a gunman, Connor, not, Connor not, McGraw. Well, take him to the hospital and then to jail. <laughs> Sir, can you tell me why you jumped in the window of a, uh, of a Pier 1 and began uh, shooting all the antiques? Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, have you played Max Payne 3? And he'd be like, all right, right this way, sir. <laughs> oh, no, say no more. Let him go. Treat him and street him. Um, I think we can start to wrap up. Yeah, man, yes. this episode uh, flew by. It did, but we also kept the conversation. We this conversation was very uh, flowy. We went for the last stuff. Big banter yeah. episode, everybody. Um, big banter's. Big banter's. The sequel soon, to the sequel. Soon to be followed mm-hmm. by the big breakfast. And the international house of pancakes. International house of pancakes. <laughs> Oh, Baron Corbin, you fucking delightful disaster. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm Connor McGraw. This has been the Video Game Hour. You can follow me on Twitter at Western Commander. Um, it, you can send me an anonymous uh, comment on the... What is it? Saraha? Saraha, whatever. Saraha app. I think I'm, my name is Reverse Connor. Um, and you can tell me things like, you want to put cigarettes in my butt. <laughs> yeah. Which is a real thing <laughs> someone <laughs> sent me today. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> that, that's oh, a real thing that happened. Fuck it, gentlemen. You can find me on Twitter at Davenport. Uh, you can follow my writing on the Haro. Uh, you can look out for a super secret project I'm working on that I'm not going to give too many details out because I'm still still in the very early development stages and like I'm really excited to do it. So yeah, look for that coming soon. Indeedy. Uh, you, you can find me on Twitter at the Alamir. You can find my writing on my writings on Lost Har- Haddle. Uh, I wrote today. I wrote an art, uh, two two pieces of news. One about Legends of Tom- about the Legends of Tomorrow executives wanting desperately wanting Matt Ryan on the show. And Wait, who? Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Constantine. Constantine. Oh fuck yes. They've been trying to. Go, they've been trying this like repeatedly. I believe it. And also, and then, then a piece of film news about the Shazam director talking about the tone of the film and how it'll, it'll be different than the way I put it. I dot. I it'll be different than dot 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 three of the. DCEU movies, excluding Wonder there's Woman. No, there's only four. Wait, there's only four. Oh, oh fuck! I keep forgetting about Man of Steel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and right, uh, don't forget to, if you're into it, check out F uh, F We Are Queer episode five. And uh, yep, that titled. British people? Question mark. If you're confused by the title, it's actually called "Fuck Are We Queer." No, um, we, f- it's called "Fuck." Oh, fuck, we are queer. 
But uh, since iTunes has stupid fucking uh, it, it rules and regulations, we can't actually call it that. It's maybe you have to call it flack. Yeah. <laughs> Which is almost better. Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, flack? Yeah, that's how. That's how. F F W A C K. No, F W A Q. Oh, f- <laughs> fact we are queer. Yeah, that almost sounds like like a very uh, a very heavily accented person is saying it. Fact we are queer. Also, we are twelve episodes away from hitting silver. So wait, what? This is our thirteenth episode. Oh boy, we're also we're also rapidly approaching the uh, the year one uh, of Phantom Zone. So keep an eye out for that. I'm sure we're going to do something. I'm sure we do something real fucking stupid. <laughs> yep, real something stupid, I'm sure. And uh, lastly, uh, keep stay tuned f- and follow twitch.tv slash videogamehourpod to see us play Dark Souls or Dying Light or Payday 2. Hopefully, it's probably Dying Light sometime midweek this week. Well, I'm, I'm sure by the time this out, midweek will have already come and gone. Yeah. yeah. Alright then. Uh that'll be it. Hey. Goodbye everybody. Or don't you dare. Fuck X Men Destiny. Oh oh I thought I was gonna steal it. Fuck X Men oh, Destiny. Man. Bye.